The following program is sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Home Street Bank Home Mortgage. Welcome to Open House with Team Reba. Each week, Team Reba will be bringing you a roundup of real estate and mortgage news, along with information about the local Puget Sound region, highlighting some of the best and brightest entertainment options, family events, neighborhood highlights, and local business interviews, so you can feel right at home in the Pacific Northwest. All right, well, welcome once again to Open with Open House with Team Reba. I'm sorry, I'm a little off my game today. This is Reba Hass of Team Reba. And this is Eric Osnes of Home Street Bank. And I'm a little off my game because I was on vacation last week. Yeah, you should, you know, there's a tequila bottle hanging out of your purse there. I just want to put that away. All the goodies I brought back with me, is that what you're saying? Yeah, well, I was hoping it was for me, but, you know. Yeah, well, unfortunately, the the non-goodie I brought back with me is uh, uh, my husband got sick while we were there and lost his voice on Wednesday night, right before we came back on Thanksgiving Day. And uh, as soon as we got home... I started showing signs of what he had. So I was a little nervous about today because I had no voice on Sunday night or Monday. Wow, all happier day. here. Happier here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I was told by our wonderful sound man, David, over there that I had that husky quality about my voice today. The sexy, yeah. yes. I got the sexy voice going Deep on. voice. Well, that's, that's good. All the the husky. Uh, sound just the the mental thought of a you being quiet would be kind of interesting to hear I know. yeah i know my <laughs> husband kept telling me he's like stop talking i'm like i don't know how <laughs> even though your your lips are still moving but the words I, weren't coming out oh it was hilarious still for college stride every good. every client who talked to me yesterday which is what happened to unfortunately be a whole lot of people fortunately and unfortunately right while well, you're trying to conserve Absolutely. your voice yeah but yep. they were all laughing because i was just like hi well good well glad you made it back in one piece and you were down at Cabo is that right yes I was down in Cabo in fact I brought with me in case we feel like being nosy later some of the real estate guides from down there it was very interesting to compare what they had going on in real estate to here and also very eye-opening on uh, how much their pricing is so similar Mm -hmm. at least for when they're selling to the gringos right yes things have really changed down there oh tremendous yeah tremendous amount of new construction going up right now because as the market has come back here of course the market has come back down there especially because as people's portfolios in the stock market have risen back up over the last several years they're now in a position to to make retirement right. plans. People are starting to buy like buy those second homes or yeah. even, even buy their retirement homes. I've had more people asking me about that lately. Even mm-hmm. up here, I've got yeah. uh, clients asking about stuff out on the coast. So there yeah. you go. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. <clears throat> so anyway, yeah, talking well, about the affordability of all that, can we start off with our market rate update? Absolutely, sure. We need a we need a theme song for that. Maybe we'll I know, David. Kind of you gotta help something, us. Something going on in that. We gotta get some sounds. Our steam producer, David. David Summers, we're going to put that you know firmly in his lap. There <laughs> so, you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, rates uh, are are looking good um, still, and we're actually down a little bit from last week. So uh, everything is is holding steady, going in the right direction. Standard conforming conventional loan is hovering right around the four percent range. Some cases just a little bit lower than that. Nice. And fifteen uh, year fixed rates are hovering around three and a half percent. 
Uh, jumbo 30-year fixed rates are hovering around 3.875%, so just even a little little nick under the 4% mark. Have those gone up, though? Yeah, they're up a little bit. Uh, okay. But, uh, but by and large, um, you know, still uh, staying relatively stable. Okay. Okay, and, good. And, uh, you know, the, the big, um, you know, forecasting right now, we're looking at the Federal Reserve. They'll be meeting uh, the uh, middle of December. Oh, yes. And uh, right now there still is uh, probably a 60% expectation that interest rates, they'll increase interest rates a, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but But most of the conventional wisdom out there right now is that even if they do, it's going to be very, very slowly. Um, mm-hmm. I was reading an article this morning that's estimating maybe a quarter percent every quarter initially. Okay. So All if right. that's the case, that's not enough to cause you know widespread mayhem in the in the um, financial markets and the mortgage markets. So uh, you know more of a but definitely a conversation I should probably start having with clients though. Oh yeah, absolutely. absolutely. We have people ramping up. Yeah, absolutely. Ready to purchase. Yep, and and you know we don't want to we don't want to panic. We don't want to see people you know the, the rates going crazy on us. Um, you know, every now and then that will happen if there's a shock to the economy. Uh, you know, one of the things uh, you know I have customers asking all the time, well, what would cause the rates to go higher? Or what would cause them to go lower? And really, uh, to go higher uh, would be a sell-off in the bond market. Uh, that could be caused if there's extremely strong financial uh, economic data coming out, something indicating that the economy is really, really rallying. Uh, what would cause the rates to fall at this point? Uh, really, it would it would take a, a serious blow to our economy to cause the mm-hmm. rates to go you know much lower at this point. And, uh, you know, so th- that would have to be something pretty serious, terrorist event or, or, or something right. along that line. Are, are any of the reports coming out about kind of spending for the holiday season? Is that looked at at all of consumer spending? Absolutely. The- um, those are those are considered a, a leading economic indicator and, and a strong spending season. Again, kind of that means the economy will be maybe picking up steam a little bit uh, if, if consumer confidence is high. Uh, if we see uh, people buying uh, buying homes uh, right now, there's uh, the uh, c- new car purchases are off the charts right now, going oh, up wow. really yeah. strong. Lots okay. of people out there buying cars, and uh, you know, again, an indication that's going to keep our, our our factories going, or you know, if they're buying American cars, that is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, and yeah. so, um, you well, know, of so, course, we just had you know Black Friday. Mm-hmm. Did, did you right. do any of the shopping like post Thanksgiving? No. I, I didn't. I, I, in fact, I was worried. I got off basically the plane yeah. at nine thirty on Thursday night, and boom, was up working. And I've been nonstop all weekend. Oh yeah, nonstop. So I have absolutely nada on the Christmas shopping. This I was day. going to. I even forgot about the the headlines, and I got my car and I drove to REI, oh, you know, one of no. my favorite stores, and I saw the big clothes <laughs> sign up. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> They shut down for the day, so good for well, them. And good for them. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I was. Yeah, I have friends who work at REI, and I was so happy to see that they but did I, that. I know everybody feels differently about stuff. I found this this site though, this website, Uh-oh. and it's a Seattle company. And you okay. go on, and they got all this stuff, and it's pretty affordable. You hit, you click one button, and like the next day, it shows up on my front porch. It's, you mean like uh, Amazon? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I know. I have Amazon Prime now myself. So, yeah, I, and a lot of my clients come from there. In fact, actually, this weekend I was working with some of my Amazon clients, and as we were going through some of the condos in downtown, we yeah. went through like five different condos. 
I was joking as we walked into one on Queen Anne because there was five Amazon packages sitting oh, underneath the mailboxes. And I went, see, that's like I'm just you know, waiting that's for the strong employment, you know, security oh, right I know. there. I'm just waiting security. for the day that you can buy a car that way. You know, I yeah. click do the one click and then a, a drum, Oh, you know a, that's coming. Well, yeah. Be, be I, a, you know, there's rumor that they're looking into real estate. I don't know how real that is because yeah. I will tell you. Everything this whole weekend talking with clients as we went into houses was them saying, it just doesn't always quite look like the pictures. Funny like, about that. Yeah, yeah. strange how that, yeah. that works. Yeah, it's, but, it's amazing uh, with yeah. some creative. Oh, I know. I want to buy a car on Amazon and then have a big drone drop it in my driveway. Oh, my God. <laughs> beautiful anyway all right so you were finishing some stuff about rates though how yes. much more did you have to cover there i, well, I jumped on the jumbo uh, part i think we're 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 in good shape on rates still so so that okay. part's that part's fantastic okay well um, how, how are how's the process of loans going right now well before i get to that oh, um okay uh, i do want to say one one thing uh, on uh, black friday one of my favorite days of the year not for the whole shopping thing mm-hmm. but friday black friday is the day uh, that we announce new loan limits for our for our yes. counties, our conforming yes. conforming loan that's, limits. That's one reason I was also asking about the jumbos because I right. hear that they are going yep. up. That's right, and and there's a just so everyone knows there, there's there's a what's called a conforming conventional loan limit, and it also works for FHA and VA loans. And and the base the base number for the country is four hundred and seventeen thousand. So if you're borrowing less than four seventeen, mm-hmm. it's a conforming loan. If you're borrowing more than that, it would be considered a, a jumbo, or we call it agency jumbo right. uh, type type. Typically, loan. also meaning that they have higher interest rates in the jumbo. Yeah, category. they they can. Typically, they can be but a, not they, always. Yeah, they they can be a little bit. They mm-hmm. can be a little bit higher, and um, in in certain high price. Um, Areas, high-priced mm-hmm. counties, or we call them SMAs, statistical metropolitan areas. Uh, there's a there's a middle tier, which is called agency jumbo, where we go above four hundred and seventeen thousand, right. and and still considered a conforming loan. And as a matter of fact, this month, um, the guidelines for these what we call agency jumbo loans will become parallel with the conforming loan rules, which is a good thing. Uh, right now, if you go above that 417, it's still a conventional loan, but there's different rules and, and mm-hmm. they're a little bit more restrictive. Well, in a, in, a, in a week or so here, those rules will all be synced up. So it's all, it'll oh, nice. all be the same, which is really good. Does that also impact, sorry, uh, this just came up because it's something I was reading over the weekend. Does it also impact mortgage insurance? It it um, it can impact well, not necessarily. The mortgage insurance okay. companies, private mortgage insurance companies, don't change their their mortgage insurance premium based on whether it's a, a conforming or an, an agency jumbo type mm, loan okay. amount. But don't give them any ideas though either. Oh yeah, okay? yeah, yeah, no, no, so, no, 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 no. Yeah, I'll take but, it back. I'll take it back. But what's interesting when the loan limits are set, they're set every year, and they're based on the median sale price for homes. You know, in in you know throughout the country, and um, to for a loan limit to increase in an area, we there was a um, kind of part of the Financial Recovery Act of two thousand eight that for a loan limit to increase in a, in an area, uh, we have to have regained all of the market loss we suffered since two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. Yep. So so there's there's a lot of areas in the country where the the home prices have gone up, but they're still at pre-2008 levels. Right. So so their loan limits are not changing. They're going to be stuck at, at the $417,000 mark. But that's not us. That's not us. As a matter of fact, but there were only 39 counties in the whole nation 
uh, that that had increases in their 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 loan amounts this year. So the big ones I know drum roll King County, Pierce County and Snohomish County are local counties. We're going up from 517,500 to um 54500. So 540,500. So if we're looking at loan amount at 545 or less, uh, 540500 or less, that's going to be a conventional loan. It means you could buy a home in that range with a conventional loan with as little as 5% down. Well, that certainly makes sense for us because if you remember in October, I was running some median price points for King County, and we were at, uh, for the county, at like 550 and for City of Seattle, we were at 660. That's right. That's and right. 880 in Bellevue. It's looking good. When we come back, we'll talk about a few more numbers and uh, more mortgage information and real estate information here on Open House with Team Reba. If you'd like to call into the show, now's your chance. It's 866 712 1300. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. All right. Well, welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass. I'm Eric Osnes. And uh, before the break, we were talking about the wonderful world of jumbo loans and changes in, uh, well, you you describe it best in terms of uh, maximums and minimums of... Right. All of our all of our numbers flying all over the place. And before yeah. we jump into that, too, let's remind everyone this is a live call-in oh, yes, show. Please do. If you have questions for us, give us a call. You can reach us toll-free at 866-712-1300. 866-712-1300. All right. Fantastic. So anyway, why don't you go back into the right, stuff right. you were covering before we went on the break. So um, I was basically saying that uh, every year on Black Friday, I guess you were just down in Mexico, uh, yes. so they would call it, what, Viernes Negro? <laughs> <laughs> Black Friday, I, I, I think something like that. I don't like think that. they care about it as much down there, honestly. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. All right, well. <laughs> well, I mean, considering what Black Friday is, I think it's a little bit different to a viewpoint of stuff. There you go. Yeah, so basically our our, um, our loan limits are set every every Black Friday for the, uh, for, the, for the rest of the year. So King County, Snohomish County, Pierce County, we're right around $540,500. Right. We were just and saying on the break that uh, with the median prices in Seattle – that's going to make a big difference. Yeah, it's going to make a huge difference because even you were saying what six seventy five with twenty percent down. Right, it's going to put you in that, that conforming conforming limit. Right, and and there's there's some nuances between uh, what we call a conforming loan and a jumbo loan, which in King County is going to be any loan amount higher than five hundred and forty thousand now, and and the biggest difference, especially for a first time buyer, which kind of cracks me up. We're talking about first-time buyers in the mm-hmm. $600,000 price range, but happens every day. Every and, day. Uh, I've got several of them right now. Yep. And and, and these first-time buyers, like like any first-time buyer, they're a lot of the times they're scraping up their down payment. Uh, you know, they're not really flush with, with cash. And so so we're using a, a lot of their, their financial resources just to get into the home. Well, jumbo loans have reserve requirements we call it post closing liquidity and depending on say the that five times fast. PCL that's <laughs> right Ooh. so you know depending on the program and the amount of the down payment 
a lender might require anywhere from six mortgage payments worth of savings left over after closing to 24 mortgage payments worth of savings left over after closing. Right. Think about that one. Let's say that you've got a, you know, you're in that big price range. You've Mm -hmm. got a, say a a $4,000 mortgage payment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That means you're going to have to have almost a hundred thousand dollars in savings left over after closing, you know, to meet those liquidity requirements. Yeah. Well, a conforming loan does not have that same restriction. So uh, we still uh, approve loans based on, on um, you know, certain common sense factors. We don't want to put someone in a home that they clearly can't afford. However, um, the, the re- reserve requirements are going to be much, much less restrictive. We might want to see two, months, two mortgage payments worth of reserves versus 24. Why do you think the difference between... Well, the two levels. The the difference is that jumbo loans are not loans that are sold on the secondary market, at least not to Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Mm-hmm. So most of the jumbo loans being made initially might be held by uh, the the investor hold, held by the bank that's lending that money, or in some cases they are sold on on um, in private uh, mm-hmm. bond issuances. But the investors that are purchasing those types of loans are much more conservative. Uh, you know, because uh, because you're, you've got higher stakes with that type of a loan program, bigger loan amounts. So you really got my wheels turning here because I'm sitting here thinking to myself, because I'm going back, I'm having a little flashback to when we did have our market correction. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that, you know, for, for someone qualifying at this level, they've got to be making a very significant income. Correct. Right? Yeah. And that significant income typically lands you within the top 5% of income earners in the or, United States, or one percent, or two percent, well, or, yeah. But know, I mean, the majority of them, you're, you're right. definitely, mm-hmm. you know, let's. Uh, the numbers I've heard Amazon throw out when I was on a legislative tour was that their average employee makes around one hundred twenty-five thousand a year. Right. So right. you know, I always joke when I have a couple that both work there. I'm like, oh, they're the power couple. Right. right? Absolutely. So you look at that, and they're not, you know, my my luxury marketing classes. That two fifty isn't even breaking into that. Right, right. But you have to understand that, like, if you look at your typical tech um, buyer, first-time buyer, let's say Mm -hmm. you've got two people working at, you know, Amazon or Google Mm -hmm. or or wherever, they're making between them a couple hundred thousand Mm -hmm. dollars a year. They're also young. They're in their 20s or or early 30s, statistically Mm -hmm. at least. Right. And they haven't had a lot of time to save up a, a bunch of money. Right. So the money that they do save, um, a lot of that is, is going towards the down payment. They really haven't built up significant retirement assets at this point. Right. And so... so I think that's still even though a smaller segment of that because, I mean, mm-hmm. they're only one of a couple of employers around, mm-hmm. right? Sure. So when I, when I say I have this flashback to the, you know, the, the downturn... I recall sitting down across the table from a lot of 50-year-olds mm-hmm, sure. who had lost their jobs and couldn't get reemployed. Right. And they had more expensive homes because they were at a point of their career where they were making significant right. incomes and had built up to that time. So I wonder if uh, in the number crunching that they look at that helps direct where they go with some of that if they look at, okay, well, here's what happened. And so for some of those folks, it took significant periods of time, somewhere upwards of 18 months frequently for some of these clients to get get rehired somewhere at a similar income level. That's right. So I I can kind of see that because I will say, you know, it's one of the things that we get, I think, lost in sometimes in the Seattle marketplace and, and surrounding areas is that everyone's focusing on the, you know, the Microsoft, the Expedia, the... Amazon yeah. workers and all that, 
but they're still a, a minority of the overall employment here. That's that's absolutely right. And and um, however, um, you know, it's it's a significant impact on our local markets. Yeah. You know, with, oh, with, without, absolutely. Without I'm not, question. I'm not, I'm not discounting that yeah. at all. But yeah. um, I can see where maybe they might have that more conservative nature because sure. I will tell you some of those other folks I sat across the table from and deals I walked away from in short sales were the people who were doing strategic defaulting right? because they had other potential elsewhere and they were just making business decisions right. and well, I, I our, wouldn't be part of that. For our listeners, so a strategic <clears throat> default was defined as someone who ended up uh, owing more on the, their home than what it was worth and rather than toughing it out and seeing it through, maybe they could have done that. Instead, it, mm-hmm. it made more sense to sell it and we would call that a short sale and uh, and let the bank take the loss on that. Mm-hmm. So there was a, a fair amount of that going on, you know, 2008, yeah, strategic 2009. default being separate from mm-hmm. the short sales that were most common because someone was in a financial hardship. Correct. This was just someone making a business decision of like, why would right. I hang on to this house? Right. Because it's underwater. Yeah, exactly. So there were a lot of attorneys recommending that kind of thing back right. in the day. Right. But, uh, that'd be something I'd be hung up for. If I was to suggest it, I'd lose my license as an agent uh, to make a suggestion like that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Probably, probably not a good thing. And your neighbors probably wouldn't have thought much of you either, because if uh, Mm -hmm. someone who strategically defaulted on a home, sold it for significantly less, uh, you know, is, is not hurting, not only hurting the the lender, the, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that lent the money in the first place, but they're also hurting their neighbors, you know, because that pushes the values down in all the homes all the way down the block. Yep. Yep. So yep, absolutely. a fair amount of that going on. Okay. Well, I don't want to dwell too much on it. But. Right. I'm going to cry. It's going to send Stop me, it. Oh send my me down memory lane no, here. No, it's a holiday. Yeah, that's Perk right. We're looking, we're looking good. And, and we've got, um, you know, we've got good house prices, um, you know, good, good solid markets right now. And uh, home. Yeah. And actually, can I, can I just say a little yeah. something about that? Unless you've got. No, go for it. I think you're chomping at the bit there for. I want to remind folks that uh, the holidays is absolutely not a slowdown for us. In fact, far from it. Oh my gosh, I'm so slammed right now. 13 years in the business and this is my 13th holiday to go through and this is always my, one of my biggest times of year, midsummer and the holidays. But I also wanted to point out because this is uh, kind of a misquoted thing that happens all the time. Everyone starts talking about, "Oh, doesn't it quiet down for the holidays?" And I started even thinking about this a little bit more. It's it's not just because of the holidays that people hear this, but seasonality doesn't really impact us unless people just choose it to. What I mean by that is there's a lot of people moving around at the holidays, especially if they're uh, changing jobs, like Boeing is a fiscal year that starts in January. So if they're moving people, they're moving around this time. So are a lot of other companies. But the other thing, and then the holidays actually gets people together and then people decide to make changes because of family situations, right? They see That's grandma right. and they're like, That's hey, right. maybe we should be closer or like, hey, let's get grandma closer. But I was thinking about this because if you live in the Northeast where last year they had horribly significant snowstorms, right? that is an area of the country that is heavily, heavily impacted by seasonality. That's right. That's right. We aren't. It might get a little cool this last weekend being way cooler than usual. Uh, that's an anomaly, but we also didn't have big snows, right? So we have people out and about and still moving hot at this period. No matter of time. what. That's right. It might be no gray and drizzly outside, but that's not stopping yeah. anybody. And so I'm going to tell you, if you talk to a real estate agent who's like, oh, it always slows down. You know what? That's just because they don't 
they don't know better. Mm-hmm. They just right. don't know better. Right. No, I'm, I, I've, I've uh, always experienced in my career uh, the, this time of year is usually some of the busiest months uh, that, that we have. Oh, heck yeah. So, heck yeah. And this, this year is proving to be no exception to that. Well, yeah, and well. one of the things that's also making it very busy for us is how much more attention and time we're spending on files. Would yes. you say? Oh, yes, yes, yes. You're yeah. looking at me because I'm all beat red in the face racing in here at the last <laughs> minute as I'm, you know, putting out putting out fires and everything. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Well, I, we're probably going to mostly get into this in the next segment, but what I'm going to explain right now, because the acronyms are so painfully long, right. I was... Uh, explaining to one of my assistants on the way up here she was asking me what the show was going to be about because she does some of the social media for us for the show and uh i i told her i said well we're going to be talking about trid t-r-i-d and she's like what's that and of course i'm driving and so i'm trying to do voice to text explaining this ridiculously long acronym of multiple acronyms and so for you folks listening what it is is trid is a combination of truth and lending act yep that's for the T. That's the T. R stands for RESPA, which is Real Estate Settlement Procedures Act. Correct. I is for integrated. That's right. And D is for disclosures. Yes. So we have the Truth Taylor and Lending RESPA Act. RESPA Integrated Disclosure Law. Yeah, say that five times fast. That's right. <laughs> right? So she was, her response on text was, wow. <laughs> Sort of yeah. teasing me about that's, it. That's the response of a lot of people. And, mm-hmm. uh, actually, the re- response of a lot of people in the industry right now is like, wait, what's going on? Yeah. Well, we're going to definitely go dive into some of the painful things that are happening and what it's doing for timelines. Because because you and I both have had some experiences recently where TRID's been something that's kind of burned us a little bit, either on the deals or as we're trying to deal with uh, multiple offer situations and people are kind of being a little sketchy on their that's absolutely dates. right so when as we, we come back when we come back trid yeah call us at 866-712-1300 toll free open house has open phone lines give us a call at 866-712-1300 now back to open house with team reba Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Home Street Bank. I'm Reba Hass from Team Reba. All right. Sounds like you're losing your voice here a little bit. I'm trying not oh, to. Hang I'm in there. Hang working in there. hard at it. Not long to go. <clears throat> this uh, this is a live call-in show. If you have a question for us, give us a ring at 866-712-1300. Yeah, keep me from talking. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, we always like getting calls from people. And oh, stuff. yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Thanks, David. Our producer says my job is to uh, keep you from talking. So, well, you do a good job sometimes, I especially try. when you start talking about Ludafisk. Yeah, and well, don't I, don't go there. I'm I'm I wouldn't dare talk about Ludafisk. Thank I you. would talk about Lefsa, which no, I'll be making no, next week. No, so, no, uh, move on. <laughs> no problem. No problem. So, Trid, we're um, so the Tila Respa Integrated Disclosure Rule is a new set of laws that came into effect the first part of October, and it's part of the Financial Reform Act, the, the Frank Dodd legislation that came out a few years ago. And, uh, and TRID pretty much took um, our, our, our lending disclosure process and, and put it on its ear. 
in, in theory, it sounds fairly simple. There's two principal documents that, that come out that have replaced a whole bunch of other documents. I, and, I love how you say it. it's supposed to be fairly simple. Right. It's a government thing. So <laughs> how simple can really it be, right? a light way of putting so, it when so it's not. <laughs> two simple documents, a, a, a loan estimate and a closing disclosure. So the loan estimate is your upfront estimate that gives you your all your loan terms, your interest rate, your annual percentage rate, all the costs and fees associated with the loan. And then when we get to closing, there's what's called a closing disclosure, which mm-hmm. uh, it has all the final settlement numbers and the final terms and everything of the loan. Well, there's timing rules that that are now put into play. The first one is for the for the loan estimate. Once we send the loan estimate out, and that has to go out within three days of a person making application, we cannot close for seven days mm-hmm. um, once that loan estimate has been issued. And if there's any changes to the loan program throughout the process and we issue a new loan estimate, then we have another time frame waiting period that comes in after that. Mm-hmm. Then there's a lot of hurry up and wait. There's a lot of that. And then there's the closing disclosure, which the closing disclosure Basically, uh, we, we send that out to the customer. Then we have to wait a minimum of three days from when the customer signs that document before we'll let them sign their final closing documents, their finding, final closing paperwork. So all these, all these issues are adding delays to the process. But, you know, we can deal with the timing of it. That part's fine. Where we're running into trouble and as an industry right now is – the the roles of who's supposed to be preparing what have changed and have shifted. Yep. So in the past, it was always up to an escrow company or title company to prepare the final, let's call it a closing disclosure. We used to call mm-hmm. it a HUD-1 settlement right. statement. Oh, yeah. Um, now that role has shifted to the lender with cooperation from the escrow company. So we get the fees and the it's information from the escrow company. And then we put it on the document, then we send it to the escrow company, and they review it as as well. Well, there's a lot of um, the relearning of the roles, let's say. Uh, and across the industry, um, what, what we found after a, a, you know almost two months into this new, new process is that nobody really uh, has a consistent um, set of policies and procedures out there yet um, and, and how to deal with each other. Every title company does it differently. Every escrow company does it differently. Right. Every lender does it differently. And so, the, so there's a lot of inconsistency in the, in the roles and responsibilities. So it, it really falls upon someone in the process who is driving this thing and making mm-hmm. sure everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing. Otherwise, you got, you got an escrow company and a bank sitting there and each one's waiting for the other one to provide them documents and nothing's happening. So, so that's problem one. Problem two is that on the closing disclosure document, there's a section of it that compares the original loan estimate with the closing disclosure document, and it compares the numbers. Well, if the, the numbers from the original loan estimate have to transfer over to the closing disclosure, and they've got to be exact, they've got to be right, they've got to be correct. Sounds right. real simple. Mm-hmm. The problem is that every lender uses different software, and, and, and some of that software is provided by third-party <coughs> vendors, and that information is not um, always necessarily syncing up correctly. So we're running into, into discrepancies uh, when we have um, you know, differences between the, lending, uh, the original loan estimate and the closing disclosure. Um, some investors have a zero-defect policy, 
And what that means is that if we find a mistake and a, the consumer's already signed the final closing disclosure, we're out of luck. We have to cancel the loan and start all over again. <laughs> so uh, we've got a, a situation where as people are learning their roles, uh, it's becoming more and more complicated. And uh, if, if we get something wrong, we got to start all over again. And it's going to cause significant delays. Right. Well, that two-week difference is huge. Oh, it can. Because everybody else, you're talking about just the lending side. Right. But the pain from from my side. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> is not for the, the real estate folks. Right. It's for it's for the sellers on a transaction and and um you know, we, we have everybody that's trying to relearn these roles and relearn the, their responsibilities with all of this and we're running into um issues of timing uh, across the board. There's another um, issue that's coming up and that the seller has to sign a new lending disclosure as well. And our buyer is not allowed to sign their disclosure until the seller signs their disclosure. So we've got all these rules and things that are coming up into play and, uh, and causing us uh, a, a very steep learning curve and some, some delays as we, as we move on in the process. So we'll we'll get we'll get through all of this, and as we kind of you know everyone in the industry gets more and more experience with it, uh, we'll get better. And also, as we have um, better software and technology kind of become up to date and integrated with the process, we'll get better on it as well. We lost half of our crew in a wild coughing fit, but, um, but they're smiling at me, looking at me across the board. So I think we're probably all okay with all of that. Uh, while I'm waiting for, um, for Reba to come back with, um, with that, I want to talk a little bit also about some of our, um, loan limits in other parts of the country. If you're looking at purchasing second homes or, or, um, or own property in other parts of the country, there's some areas where some home values have really increased significantly. Uh, one of the top ones on our list right now is uh, Napa, California. Uh, Napa now has a loan limit of six hundred and twenty-five thousand. Um, we have um, Selena, right in behind it, Monterey County, California, Salinas, up to five hundred and twenty-nine thousand. San Diego County at five hundred eighty thousand, not too much above uh, our local counties here at five forty. Uh, Sonoma County in California, five fifty-four. Um, a lot of, uh, as you can kind of imagine, uh, California's had some pretty good growth. Uh, Colorado has some good areas. The Denver, Aurora, Lakewood area is up around 458,000. And um, Jefferson County, same thing, around 458. In uh, Massachusetts, that's one other area that's experienced some big growth. Uh, Essex County, Middlesex County, Norfolk, uh, Plymouth, Suffolk, uh, Rockingham, uh, those are all around 523,000. So, um, uh, and then I think where else we got Tennessee, uh, Nashville, uh, Nashville area is up to 437,000. Nashville is that high? Nashville. Yeah. Wow. Yep. They went up a little bit. They had about an 11.5% increase in their home values. Or, um, I did not realize they were year. that high. Sure. Yeah. It's uh, probably because of Britney Spears would be my guess. What? Wait, who else lives in Nashville? I don't know. That's the only, uh, not Brittany. Spears excuse me, Taylor Swift. Excuse me, Taylor Swift. Oh my Swift. God, Taylor left Nashville a long time Did ago, she? buddy. Well, that's, I'm, I'm behind. I'm behind the times on that. Then, I guess. <laughs> oh <my> Fine. <laughs> oh, you're gonna send me into another coughing fit. 
that's that's why I'm here. Hey, I did do a good job of quieting you up, though. So all I had to do is talk about that was trid. so not that it took the yeah, words right exactly. out of your mouth. It just sucked all the life right that's, out of me. That's right. That's right. Well, no, I was going to tell you because uh, this was something that we discussed before we came on the air today, and why we wanted to discuss trid specifically was because you're seeing it from the impact of the lending side and the hassles that are there. I'm seeing the sellers and buyers getting frustrated because it does put these delays in and people are trying to live their lives right. while this is happening, right? This impacts people on a very personal level because they've got moving trucks, they've got all this other stuff. And we're, we're trying to guide people left and right about don't, don't put the pressure on yourself right. to have this be right away. I mean, I've had people that's like, do not ever have a moving truck scheduled for the day after your closing because there's almost inevitably you've jinxed yourself. Right. And you'll be the guy who it gets bumped into next week or two weeks. And then now you've got all these other hassles to deal with. Cause what are you going to do in the meantime? Do you have somewhere to go? Do you not, can you stay? You know, you know there's a lot of questions. Oh, there's nothing worse than something like that coming up. And, and as a lender, the, the last thing you know, we ever want is for, for a transaction to not close on time. You know, we, we live and die by that. So well, we try and coach people to tell them, you know, that date is definitely our target. And most of the time we hit it, but you've got to be, you know, having your, your exit strategy through any of these things has to have a backup plan. Like well, anything should have a backup plan. And I will tell you, this is not just impacting the closings, but it's impacting how the offers are being looked at. Well, and speaking of plans, yeah, you're absolutely right on the offer side of it. Um, you know, if, if you're planning on buying a home or selling a home, and your real estate agent is not asking you or talking about the closing date and the closing time frame, mm-hmm. Um, then that's a problem. They're doing a disservice yeah, to you. Yeah, it, it sure. really is because uh, I, I, I deal with that all the time and I always coach my buyers. Uh, you know, if I have pre-approved buyers, I'm like, please, 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 let's talk before you write that offer yeah. and let's set a realistic closing date. Yeah. Because even the type of financing you take out can impact <laughs> the closing dates, especially with TRID. Uh, the more complex the loan, the longer it's going to take. Absolutely, and, yeah. Uh, and if we're dealing with a first-time buyer with zero down and we're using a... Uh, a, a grant or a second mortgage to cover mm-hmm. the down payment, and we have a, a mortgage credit certificate, which is a tax credit thrown on top of it. We've added mm-hmm. multiple layers of complexity to the transaction, <laughs> and every time you add a layer of complexity, it adds time. Oh, yeah, yeah and that's true of most everything. So if you see it in other parts of your life, it's going to definitely be here and possibly compounded. Yeah. I will say I'm going to go back to my point about it affecting offers. Our multiple offer situations – our multiple offer situations are being impacted by this as well because for those of us who have a lot of experience, and there's a lot of newbies in the business right now because everyone thinks they can make a million bucks in it. But I was just part of 10 offers while I was on vacation uh, that were competing for a client. And we were told the reason our offer, which was better, part of why we weren't picked was because it closed a week later. Mm-hmm. And we had picked five weeks so right. I'm pretty sure whoever put four weeks had no idea what they were doing. And they probably closed late, too. They will. The new they, they just went rules. under contract. So there you go. Enough about TRID. But we'll be back talking more about real estate and mortgage on Open House with Team Reba. Got a question? Call it in. 866-712-1300. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. 
Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes. I'm Reba Hass. And we're talking about mortgage and homes and buying homes and selling homes and... Yeah, but we've been doing a lot of that. Can yeah. we talk about some other Let's nicer stuff holidays. a little bit? Yeah. yeah. So actually, what was on just before we came back on the air was talking about Autism Speaks, mm-hmm. which I actually have some people I know who are part of that program and who have children with autism. And I want to highlight the fact that was just on. Also for the fact that, you know, we mentioned Black Friday and of course there's Cyber Monday and there's Small Business Saturday, but today is Giving Tuesday. Right. And I'm a big fan of all that. I got back from Thanksgiving and I actually put a challenge out to a bunch of people because, you know, I'm of course finishing up in Cabo and getting ready to come back and I'm seeing all these Facebook posts with everybody and their big plates of dinner and their turkeys and all that kind of stuff. And I put a challenge out on Facebook and I said, you know what? I'd love to see for all the people who posted a plate or a turkey or whatever it was, I'd love to see a picture of you now getting a box of food to take to either a local food bank or Northwest Harvest. Absolutely. And uh, things like today, Giving Tuesday is a great opportunity If you've just been giving thanks and you're thinking about giving, coming for the holidays, great opportunity to, you know, give to one of these very worthy organizations that's out there, help your fellow man, woman and child, and uh, bring bring something into their lives that they could use. And another one that I know I'm going to be, actually several more that I'm going to be working with this this month, um, I'm going to be at an event on Saturday where we're going to be benefiting treehouse organization great organization wonderful organization that helps foster kids with the you know the warehouse where they can get clothing and they're looking for all kinds of you know gifts and and in uh, fact things. i'm i've got a coupon sitting right in hand. front of me i i have a Aww. shopping list i'm i'm gonna God be shopping that. for a seven-year-old boy who um uh, has uh, wants uh, Legos and long sleeve shirt and jogger pants and a zip up hoodie and, and I so love be you working for that. that That's so. one of my favorite organizations. I've been giving to them for over a decade, maybe even close to two. But um, I'm you know a lot of people don't know I'm adopted, and so you know if I hadn't been picked up by somebody and brought into their lives permanently, I would have ended up in foster care. And, sure. and so Treehouse Treehouse is one that's kind of near and dear to me. And then of course um, Seattle. Humane Society, because I love animals, is another one. And then um, the following weekend, after doing the treehouse thing this Mm -hmm. weekend, is I'm going to be joining a friend of mine who's a local attorney who every year, and he's been doing this for about 23 years now, uh, he does an annual event uh, that benefits Toys for Tots. Excellent. And so we meet up in the Greenwood area, typically, and there's a really awesome shop there i don't know if i should be mentioning their name or not but it's a a local toy store Mm -hmm. uh just off of greenwood near the fred meyer that's there off 85th sure sure and uh so anyway we go shopping there everyone shows up and we stop at places like you know naked city brewing or wherever and then we have a you know a beer or so and then we all walk over and purchase items that we then gather and take to the local fire station because they do that's fantastic gift donations so that's another one that's coming up but um, I'm I'm always excited about these giving programs because they're just so well, they just make you feel so good. That's right, and and there's such a need. And you know, uh, I've I've spent a lot of years uh, volunteering for um, you know different charities, and I mm-hmm. used to be president of the, the Highline Schools Foundation, right, and yeah. we work with a lot of schools in the Highline District that has uh, one of the highest. Um, 
probably one of the most diverse zip codes in the in the nation. Yes, it does. Over seventy six languages spoken mm-hmm. in that school district. Yeah, one of my best and friends is the head of the teachers union yes, for Highland School District. Some staggering poverty, especially if you look at mm-hmm. the east side of of that of that district. And uh, and you know we worked on campaigns to get shoes for kids and coats and backpacks and things yep. like that. Uh, a lot of these kids, um, you know, when the school's out for vacations, things mm-hmm. like that, they're not eating a lot of food. Yeah, the backpack programs that yep. some of these places have are pretty fantastic. We were just talking about that on Facebook the other day. Right. Oh, things that we take for granted are are, um, mm-hmm. are things that that a lot of these a lot of these kids just don't have, and that that just tears me up. I I, I can't yeah. see these kids being cold and yeah. you know not being able to you know kind of have some of those services. So so think about that this year. This this is the a great time of year to do that. And I'll keep bringing this up probably every week until the holiday is over. Well, that's that's all good. <laughs> that's all good. Uh, I, you know, I was uh, driving by the Union Gospel Mission a little bit earlier today, too. Oh, yeah. One organization that is, does not take any government assistance money at all. Yeah, I used to I used to give to them regularly mm-hmm. when I first moved here because it was eye-popping for me, I guess, moving from the Midwest. I had not seen right. homeless populations until I moved yeah, it's, here. It's and it was pretty big here. Yeah, it was very yeah. jarring for yeah, me to come and see see that. And it seems to be coming, you know— yeah, at an even larger scale. It is most most definitely, um, but in the, the food banks, if you've ever driven by one, you know mm-hmm. you'll see the line. Oh uh, yeah, of oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, those guys down at Union Gospel, I mean, they provide food, they provide shelter, they also provide clothing, mm-hmm. and so I've done right. you know different work yep. around all of that. Um, one of the things we were also chatting about, I mean, uh, in a bunch of the Facebook posts that were going around about this whole giving thing was. Um, Every summer, my neighborhood, I live in Renton in the Victoria Park neighborhood, but when that annual night out happens Mm -hmm. for neighborhoods, uh, we use that as a a challenge for food donation against other neighborhoods. Awesome. We won by a big old Costco pile (laughs) of food this last year, and it just made me really proud to be part of that community because even our neighborhood school, kind of similar to the Highland School District, uh, it has about a fifty percent uh, reduced or free lunch program. Right, there. that's right. They yeah, they, they definitely the have the need. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm really pr- just to put in a plug. I'm proud of our bank, Home Street Bank, because we're constantly raising mm-hmm. money. And, and as employees, we're we're doing drives for things. We had um our um, our West Seattle branch, uh, Home Street Bank, uh, this summer did a drive and and filled a bus with diapers, new, nice new diapers. Oh, oh God. Yeah, it was well, I awesome. hope so. Oh my gosh! But there is a huge need for that. And, well, maybe uh, maybe I you had... should also add in some depends next time for those folks who uh, well, are on the other side would be of life. Old, yeah, absolutely. There's yeah, people I who need that. that. I mean, people on Medicaid. I'm, I mean, I'm sure they no could question probably, of, no question about you it. You know, but um, just saying. But I, I watched the <laughs> I watched the manager of our of, of our West Seattle branch work so hard to make that happen. It was just really no, that's fun very to cool. See. Really, really very, cool. Very, very cool. Totally cool. So everybody can make a difference in their own way and their own individual mm-hmm. way, and and it's just the folks that jump up and care and and, and put in that effort, you know, yeah, it's, it's really, absolutely. really fantastic. Well, I'm also going to throw out, I mean, we've got obviously everybody getting engaged in the giving season. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if you're looking just for a little bit of entertainment, there's a yeah. bunch of other options that are out there. Um, a friend of mine, she just went to this. Her birthday is the day after Thanksgiving. 
And uh, she was down at the Sound of Music, which is playing at the Fifth Avenue. Love that. Which is kind of a fun thing to go to. And then the Chris, uh, A Christmas Carol is playing at the Act Theater. Right. So that's always kind of a fun one to Nutcracker. go to. Nutcracker. Come on. Nutcracker is also going on. Yep. And, oh, did you have another one? I have I have a bunch. Oh, you do? Oh, I okay. do. Okay. I was going to say, because were you yep. going to get into lighting ceremonies? I was. Beautiful. <gasps> Stanwood, Washington is supposed to, they're, they're <laughs> claiming they have the largest light festival in Washington State with over a million lights. Really? And this Friday, I believe, Leavenworth, Washington is having their uh, tree lighting ceremony. So I, Dece- don't they do that all month? December 4th is the first one. So that's, okay, because my brother up. was just there this last weekend. I thought they were doing it. Okay, well, I well, think they do the something all... It, yeah. It's going on constantly. But um, Leavenworth is always a fun trip. That's right. And, you know, there's the Christmas Ship Festival where, mm-hmm. where all the boats light up, and, yep. and they'll be cruising around, and there's a whole schedule. If you just uh, Google Christmas Ship, uh, mm-hmm. you'll be able to see the schedule of different docks that they're taking yeah, off from. Yeah, and one of the ones they'll go to, because um, Ivers, Acres of Clams... They mm-hmm. do theirs down in Coulon Park, down that's in right. Renton, also. So yep. that's coming up very soon. Yep. Uh, and they have all the Christmas boats come by, and people sing carols, and it's a lot of fun. That's so right. There's a, a lot of really fantastic things that are yep. and going hit, on. Or hit the zoo. You know, both Woodland Park Zoo and Point Defiant Zoo do their their um, their uh, different uh, different uh, zoo festivals. Uh, Woodland Park has wild lights, and Point Defiance has zoo lights. See, these are the lights. things I miss out on, not because I didn't have kids, right? Yeah, the little guys. It's I miss really out fun. on all that Really, stuff. really fun. So, actually, you know, for anyone listening, if you have your favorite holiday thing, we'd love to highlight it on the show. So sure. feel free to email us at info at teamreba.com. Because we'll take all of your recommendations and we'll bring them on next week's show. Sure. If people want to bring send them us up, something, post We'd them love to it. the web. Yeah, yeah you, absolutely. There's lots, all kinds of great stuff out so here. So many different ideas. That's why people move here because it's a really wonderful place to live. We're we're lucky to lucky to be here. Well, on behalf of Reba, Team Reba, and myself, Eric Osses, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon on Open House of Team Reba. We'll see us every here every Tuesday from three o'clock to four to four o'clock. <laughs> finish that sentence i will (laughs) have a great afternoon everyone thank you for listening to open house with team reba to contact us visit team reba at re slash max metro east side on facebook or email info at teamreba.com join us again next tuesday at three for more open house with team reba here on business radio 1300 kkol program sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Home Street Bank Home Mortgage.